0: All right, well, we have some news tonight. It's awesome. The Jacks are a nine seed in the NCAA tournament. That's Matt Zimmer's big story. USD is an 11 seed, so second year in a row. Both our teams from South Dakota are dancing. I hope we never take that fact for granted, Uh, but the Jacks did get, uh, they got got whipped uh, across the, behind a little bit for losing to Omaha in that Summit League tourney. And we'll get to all that in a moment. I know that's your most important thing today, Matt, because that's what pays the rent and uh, for your family's ice cream dessert tonight. But um, did you get the notification from Facebook today, the very special notification that I got? Uh, I don't think so. It's about you and I. Yeah. No, I Well, I I, I don't know why the, the bots at Facebook sent it to me, but not to you. But it is our 11-year friend on on Facebook. Happy friend Matt. Matt. Yeah, yeah.
1: Happy to you as well. Yeah. The only Facebook notification I got was three years ago at this time I was at the NCAA tournament covering the SDSU men. Mm.
0: So maybe mm. they
1: decided that was more important than you.
0: Those were the days. Well, they're not. It certainly is not more important than me, but whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's like 30, 30 to 45 second little clip where it shows pictures that they I don't know if they randomly again I don't know who's selecting this This is a human being that sits there and you know just looks through our pictures and these are the ones I'm gonna probably not but uh it was uh, it was you glaring into the camera in uh in one of the times you filled in for Craig Matic on the show on the radio show and uh I think you and I had a, a concert at some point which is before we did this thing at Gateway Lounge about the only two times we were really in social situations
1: Cool. If I remember all those instances. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and 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 the Minneapolis miracle. We were together for that. Um, yeah. So so happy friendiversary. Very special day. But um, those were the days, by the way, when the Jack Men made it to the NCAA tournament. Those seem like foregone days. I'm sad to say. Uh, are you? By the way, are you going to go down where, to the uh, San Antonio San Marcos? Austin area, where are the where are the Jacks playing, and do you get to go down there? Because that's kind of like second home to you now. Yeah,
1: uh, I will not be. Oh. Just with the, you know, COVID and everything being the way it is, and the added um, protocols you have to go through, and plus just the fact—I mean, COVID has you know hit the Argus leader as hard as it's hit anyone else. So, not going, and the fact that you know we will still have access to the players and coaches virtually. Um, Will allow us to save some money by not doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, in the past, if you didn't go, you didn't, you know, you couldn't cover it. Essentially, now this year, because of COVID, they will give us access to the, the players and the the virtual. Essentially, I have to apply for a virtual uh, credential, which will allow me to, you know, sit in on press conferences and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I'll be doing that from here.
0: Yeah, well, I guess you've gotten used to that sort of life now. It's kind of sad, but uh, um, at the same time, I guess it's convenient. I know how much you like. <laughs> your convenience. Um, But uh, yeah, the, and you didn't even cover the selection show today, right? Yeah. I saw Hank went down to Vermillion, but uh, Uh, usually usually you're at Cubby's this time of year with the room full of jacked up Jackrabbit fans drinking as Craig Maddock would say, their Jackrabbit juice, which I'm sure is, you know, bud light with olive. They
1: didn't do a thing at Cubby's this year. I figured they would. In part because of COVID restrictions, but also, you know, even though it was a small chance, there was a chance that they, we're gonna not get in, you know. Every yeah. year past, they were they were, uh, you know, had won the tournament. This is their first. This is the Jack's first ever at large bid, uh, and so they didn't want to take the chance. So there was not. They just had a team gathering, and I watched it on TV like everybody else, and <clears throat> gave AJ a call after it was over.
0: Was it okay? So was there any like even like any opportunity for people to see their reaction? Yeah, live? they posted
1: on they posted on Twitter, and it oh. was on the it was on the show. Um, they okay. had a clip of of them they appeared to be in a a classroom or a meeting room of some kind maybe it was the, even the one of their team rooms in the in the uh, frost arena and uh you know there was it's it's funny because they you know like it's obviously usd knew knew they were in it was just a question of where and SDSU, for the most part we all assumed they were in there wasn't i don't think any mock brackets out there that didn't have them in it uh but you know how they present it in by region Uh, And the first three regions were all presented and they weren't in there yet. So you got to the very last one. And, you know, there's a little bit, I think, at that point. And AJ admitted it. Like, we felt pretty good, but you get to the end of the show and it's the last region. It's kind of like, well, you know, (laughs) you start to, you know, I think he said hold your breath a little bit. Um, Fart razor blades
0: or something, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. But like I said, they ended up pretty much, I think, where everyone expected them to. And if they're uh, able to beat Syracuse in the first round, they get a shot at UConn and I, you know, I know a lot of Jack's fans didn't want them to be an eight or nine seed because they know you win that game. You're facing a number one seed and they're looking at it from the standpoint of want to get as far as you can, you know, getting, if you get a 10 or 11 seed, yeah, it makes your first round game harder, but it gives you a better chance of winning the second round game. I get why they look at it that way. I do not. First of all, I don't think this team's going to the sweet 16, no matter what. So, you know, saying, Oh, we'll, take an 11 seed so we can play a six and you know you're not going to win that game you know they have a better chance of winning that nine eight first round matchup mm. and also it'll be really fun to watch them take on a number one seed I don't think they ever have in the NCAA tournament um you know they've played teams of that caliber before but you know UConn is we all know what UConn is I know they haven't won the championship for a few years but I mean this is You know, this is the Duke of men's – or, you know, what Duke is to men's basketball. This is the New England Patriots, the New York Yankees. You know, I mean, this is the premier women's basketball program. And uh, I would love to see that matchup. Frankly, I think it's going to be difficult to get there. I think the Jacks, with the injuries they have, are going to have a hell of a time beating Syracuse. Um, But if they do, I'd love to see them play UCAS.
0: So well, I think that's cool. Well, yeah, and uh, you know, it's been what what an hour and a half or so as we record since the the brackets were announced and we we knew of this matchup. And we wanted to, this is the time we agreed to record this. So I don't know how much you've done digging on Syracuse or the matchups. If the if the Jacks are a good matchup, if Syracuse is a hot team did or you not.
1: Compile six pages of notes, John.
0: So that you I could- did no, I didn't do that. I went out for a run. I went for a run in my new <laughs> shoes, which are great shoes for running when it's wet and snowy outside. And I had a joyous run. So thank you for that. I'm not kidding either. So uh, for those of you who are not following the the joke, I just there was a, there was a USD women's basketball game. Where uh, I, you know, I, I appreciate and enjoy Carter Wooddeals uh, game calling on the radio, and uh, I just tweeted that uh, I was, you know, it was I think it was a Summit League tourney game, so I could have watched it on TV, but I was going to go for a run that afternoon. Make
1: your story take as long as you possibly.
0: Can. I, no, you just said I'm going to go. Li- I'm going to listen to this game on on a, on a run, and you you know beleaguered me on Twitter because it, it was as if I was bragging that I just went to a CrossFit class or something. I was just <laughs> saying that I was going to go on a nice run, and what a nice way to supplement the run uh they listen to carter but uh you took that as like maybe i was bragging about going on a run which no, i wasn't I was making fun of oh okay like well yeah that's what you do that's what you do best i didn't i don't care that no it's, it's not that i don't care it's not that i care if people care <laughs> whatever fuck it i don't care all right anyway so that's what <laughs> i was you just got, doing you so i have not compiled what huh you what's that huh what? You got a new
1: pair of running shoes? Is that what you say? I don't even
0: know if they're running shoes. They're just Adidas and they looked cool. They actually look, yeah. I think they're, uh, like I was just shopping for a, a different kind of shoe uh, at the shoe. You know, what I, you know th- what I got this week? What?
1: A new car. Because I drive places instead of running. <laughs> you
0: get, <laughs> <you're>, <laughs> you, really got a new car? Yeah. Well, what happened to the truck you got?
1: We need, I mean, we need two cars. Jen and I oh. have been going with One vehicle, both of our leases expired at almost the same time back in October. We were like, shit, this would kind of suck to have to buy two new cars at the same time. We're like, maybe we can just put it off for like a month. Just go with one car for just a month. Well, that was right when the pandemic was really bad and the numbers were spiking through the roof, you know, Thanksgiving time, roughly. We ended up making it six months with uh, just one car. But now this spring with football picking up and everything, it was getting to be a little tough, so. We went out and got number two.
0: Yeah, by the way, the Honda Fit uh, drove like a a couch today on those slippery roads. No problems. One of those 10 days of the year, I was concerned, and it was just fine. Made it from point A to point B. And I I still
1: have, and we now are in possession of two gas-guzzling redneck four-wheel drive vehicles. So so. did you get
0: an SUV, I take it?
1: No, we got another gigantic pickup
0: truck. Are you serious?
1: No, I'm just kidding. I don't even
0: know you anymore. No, what'd you get?
1: Uh Jeep
0: Cherokee. Oh, okay. Well, yeah that, that that makes about that makes sense. That's about right. Well, congratulations. Nobody cares about your car. Uh, <laughs> man, I just want to make
1: funny for running
0: again. Yeah, well, I was I, I, I don't races. regret it. I was you know, it was fine. You know, I was actually catching up on my Minnesota Pro Sports talk because I'm barely reading it or consuming it because of, I've had I've had my own I've been living in my own little world working for the Canaries and doing high school basketball and then you know I knew we were going to talk about this so I was brushing up on the Vikings free agents that they. Uh, I was listening to something from Minnesota about the uh, free agents the Vikings had on their wish list for like their one big free agent thing they might be able to afford. And as far as I know, this was like from five hours ago, so it's already old. Because since that uh, recording happened, uh, two of the three that were on their list, a left guard named Joe Tooney and uh, defensive end, I believe it's uh, Carl Lawson, uh, both went other places. In fact, the right, the right, the left guard went to the Chiefs, which is great because they obviously needed help from uh, from what we saw in the Super Bowl to protect Patrick Mahomes. But anyway, uh. So that's what I was doing on my run instead of being here, writing six pages of notes on the Syracuse-SDSU matchup. Back to that. So have you, I mean, do you know what kind of a team Syracuse is, or do you just figure, uh, look, they're probably about the Jackrabbits level. This might be a close game, but SDSU's in trouble because they don't have my and they're a little beat up.
1: Uh, well, it's, you know, the same team they played in the tournament two years ago when they got to the Sweet 16. They got, you know, had to go to Syracuse. Right. Uh, I don't remember. I think they played Knipiak in the first round, yeah. won that pretty easily. Uh, and then obviously upset Syracuse as a six seed versus a three seed. Uh, there's a lot of players <clears throat> left over from that game. Uh, Syracuse leading scorer uh, played in that game. And I believe their second leading scorer played in that game. So I don't know if they were freshmen, sophomores, then juniors, seniors now, but uh, that definitely means the Jacks will you know have some familiarity. There, there's a few other players that were on the roster. Uh, but just those two that were, you know, significant players in that game are still there. That maybe works to SDSU's favor a little bit. They have a pretty good idea of what they're they're getting. Syracuse will have some familiarity too. Uh, but you remember that SDSU team was obviously, you know, the Macy Miller, Maddie Giebert mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. And those two are gone. So the Jacks are probably, I say probably because I don't, you know, haven't watched any of Syracuse games, but Jacks are probably a much more different team. So it's probably going to be different or more difficult for Syracuse to take certain things from that than this, but obviously they'll have film and all that other stuff. Uh, They will be familiar with Peyton Burkhart, who was a freshman then and played really well in that tournament coming off the bench. She's now obviously one of their better upperclassmen. Tylee Irwin started that game, didn't have a particularly good game that day. She's now become their go-to options coming off a not very good game against Omaha. Um, But for the most part, it's just those two. Uh, Lindsay Thunick played in that game, but barely just a few years ago. I, I mean, I, I think at this point, without Maya Selen, who also, by the way, played in that game and had a terrific game, I think she had like 17-9-5 or something, mm. With, without her, I don't like the Jacks' chances of winning this game. I mean, you can talk about, oh, being a 9-seed means you have to play number one. I don't think it does, because I don't think you're going to win this game. Mm. Uh, unless Syracuse is missing one of those players, too, which they they might be, I guess. I don't know. And if we find that out, that could change things. But um you know, we obviously, I don't think you can look at what the Jacks did in that first-round game against Omaha and say, okay, that's who they are now. I mean, that's about as bad as they're capable of playing. I think they deserve the benefit of the doubt in saying they're not going to play that badly. Um, they should have beat Omaha, obviously. I think you know, we all said it was a given that they were going to make the tournament championship game. They didn't. Fine. We were all wrong about that. But I don't think it suddenly means that we were wrong to think they should have been there. You know, They're still in the NCAA tournament here as a ninth seed. Um, but Syracuse is good. And like I said, you know, unless they're missing some key players too that we don't know about, I just don't see how SDSU matches up against a team like that, you know, an upper division ACC team without their best player. That just seems like a really tough matchup. And I, without having looked at Syracuse roster, I'm just going to assume uh, because they're a you know major conference ACC team that they've probably got some pretty good size, some pretty good depth. Uh, they can look at that game against Omaha and say, well, here was a team that was – you know, inferior to them talent-wise, but had some size and obviously used that to neutralize the Jacks. That kind of, you know, was a little bit of a blueprint. If I'm Quentin Hillsman, that's certainly the the game plan I'm going to look at. And never say never. I mean, I've learned my lesson to doubt any Aaron Johnson team. I mean, they they can play almost anybody in the world and I would give them a chance. Um, But if you're going to make me pick Who's going to win this game? Put money on it. Bet anything. Yeah, I think you got to take Syracuse again, unless maybe Syracuse has some key injuries that I don't know about. But if that's not the case, I, I don't see how they aren't the favorite.
0: Well, I, I just before this was even this even happened, and I, I my 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 depth of knowledge of college women's basketball beyond these borders is is less than yours. I haven't been paying attention at all. I haven't been paying attention to much men's basketball other than Nebraska's 3 and 15 run through the Big 10. Uh you know, it's uh I, I just figured they're going to have a hard time winning whoever they play. They will. And, and and we could and that could be an overreaction to what happened against Omaha. Absolutely mm-hmm. could be a total overreaction because uh without Maya, they they correct me if I'm wrong, they swept North Dakota State, who's the third best team mm-hmm. in the Summit League the week before. I mean, they were looking yep, great and uh, yeah. So, they're not you know, it's not like I. But the thing it's is, not like they roll is, over. But you yeah, go ahead. If they're,
1: if they're if they don't let's say they don't have Maya Selland all season, mm-hmm. are they in the NCAA tournament right now? Probably not. You know, and they don't have Maya Sellen right now, so it's not like they're a real number nine seed in some in some ways. They got that number nine seed. Maya Sellen did a lot of the the heavy lifting to get them that number nine seed. So it's almost like you're taking a team. That, you know, let's let's say without my selling, they were the third place team in the Summit League this year or maybe even second place. But instead of 21 and three, you know, they're, you know, 16 and seven or something like that. Then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're talking like a 15 seed, 16 seed, something like that, you know, so for them going up again, I just again, unless Syracuse is missing some people, it's not an eight, nine seed, a true sort of eight, eight, nine seed, And that's just going to be really tough for SDSU to overcome.
0: Uh, yeah. And by the way, I don't have six pages of notes, but I have a little bit of this in front of me. Do you think, do you think people care about, just want a little bit of tidbit on Syracuse and how they're coming in and who they got? What do you mean? Like a 30, yeah, like 30 I mean, seconds worth of a little, a little Syracuse prep here all in like four, pe- four, what's that?
1: I know. I saw that, like I said, their leading score was there a couple of years ago, but I saw yeah. she's shooting about 30% from the floor. Mm-hmm. So they appear to have yeah. a ball hog taking,
0: doing a right. lot of their score. They okay. well, yeah,
1: one good big and a really good point guard, is what I okay. can glean from glancing at the stats.
0: They're 14 and eight, one of eight ACC teams, ACC teams to make it. So that's a deep conference. Uh, Tiana Mangakahia, the Oranges uh, apparently was, is one of their best players. Uh, coming off uh, last year, they're coming off last year. Perhaps the most un- most unprecedented season in program history. And then uh, this uh, Tiana Manga-Kahia, uh, she came back in the season opener against Stony Brook, reinvigorated the team because she sat out last season due to stage two breast cancer. So they have quite a story wow. with one of their best players. Uh, and yes, yeah,
1: she was one of their best players two years ago when the Jacks played him in the tournament. Mm.
0: Uh, they had a good ACC tournament with two wins, Boston College and Florida State. And then they fell in the semifinals to Louisville, the number five team in the country. Where Washington, your alma mater, Sioux Falls, Washington, uh, center Sydney Shutton is going. Uh, and then this, so this player Manga Kahia held out of the tournament due to precautions for a lower body injury. So I, I guess she's one of their best players. And yeah, she's
1: she, not playing. That, that would make a difference.
0: Yeah, and uh, but she's expected to return for this weekend's first round matchup against South Dakota right. State. Uh oh. So it's unclear whether Orange freshman Priscilla Williams will play just yet after she suffered an upper body injury during the ACC quarterfinal win over FSU. Uh, The addition of Williams and Camilla Cardoso headlined the Orange's highest ranking recruiting class in program history. You, You speak of their center. She's six, seven and named the ACC rookie of the year and defensive player of the year. Six, seven center ACC rookie of the year and defensive player of the year. Ooh, good well, luck. Hey good, good, yeah, good. Yeah, good luck uh, without and against that. So they're gonna have to. So the Jacks are gonna have to. My just my interpretation of that. My immediate interpretation is they're gonna have to hit the Jacks some a lot of jump shots, and that's not necessarily their bet, their biggest strength. Mhm. So, all right. So that's that. Uh, and I agree with you on the. You know, let's not worry about UConn thing first. Um, I'd love to
1: see it. I would love to see it. I just. Doesn't look likely.
0: Even even knowing that UConn beats even even though they haven't won a national title in five years, they beat most of the teams they play by thirty or forty. You'd still love to see that.
1: I just you know again they're they're the cream of the crop. Yeah. I mean they're the premier women's basketball program. And yeah. Whether you want to and, you know just to act like they're in sort of a a down cycle because they haven't you know, <laughs> actually won the next, they're still the one of the number one seeds every single year. Yes. Exactly what That's what I'm
0: saying. They destroy most teams they play, which are, yeah. and most of them are at about or below South Dakota state's level. So, I mean, right. I guess the ex-
1: more fun to see him with Maya selling and see, cause again, like I said, there's, yeah. When they're at full strength there's nobody that i don't give an aaron johnston coach team at least a chance to compete with um yeah. but without maya that could get ugly certainly but i'd still like to see it
0: i'm yeah well the fun in that could be like you're expected to lose by about 40 and so with each moment of the beginning of the game that you're hanging in there within a couple possessions, the more fun it gets, I guess, you mm-hmm. know. And mm-hmm. the longer you can say we hung in there. Um, by the way, I'm looking at uh, Iowa State when they were number 15 and SDSU beat them early in the season. The uh, Cyclones are a number 7 seed for what that is worth. Uh, did Creighton get – Creighton didn't end up having a very good season. I don't think they made it. They, weren't,
1: they were not one of the ranked teams yeah. they beat early in the okay. team. They were a team they, they beat. They beat. I mean, yeah. it's
0: nice that they beat but them.
1: Gonzaga they beat. They got a 5 seed, I believe. Okay. And then uh, Missouri State was the other ranked team they beat. I don't know if they're ranked anymore or if they got
0: in. Uh, Yeah, I'd have to scramble and look all over this thing. But anyway, so the Jacks, you nailed it. Uh, That loss to Omaha cost them. If they win that game, I don't think it's a stretch to say they'd be perhaps a instead of a nine, perhaps a seven or even more so a six seed because that's where they were slotted by the ESPN Bracketology guy going into the Summit Tournament. Uh, USD we all know not as impressive of a resume didn't beat any ranked teams, but they get the at-large bid and the number 11 seed. And they match up with again, an or- Oregon who I forget her name, but Oregon had one of the two or three best players in the country. When the Jacks went out to Portland and played her, they don't have her anymore. So they're not a number. What, what seed were they when the Jacks played them? Were they a one seed?
1: Either, either a one or a two. Yeah,
0: there were two. Cause I think Syracuse was a three seed. So they'd move on to play number two. Well, anyway, they're a 6 now, uh, so they're not as tough, I'm guessing, as they were when the Jacks played them two years ago. But uh, what did you think of USD's number 11 draw?
1: I thought that was a little low. Um, I know they had been projected as a 10. I thought maybe they'd get a 9, but maybe SDSU would get an 8 and they'd get a 9. I don't know. You said it. Their resume had a lot of close losses. You know, They had more quality losses, so to speak, than they did quality wins. I mean, their best wins were... Well, shit! They didn't beat SDSU. I was going to say their best wins were SDSU, but they didn't get a chance to play them in the tournament. That mm. probably hurt them too. You know, they didn't play anybody in their own conference tournament, so that might have been what hurt them. Uh, they didn't win any of those games against ranked teams. I thought maybe. I mean, this is their third year in a row being in the tournament. I thought maybe that would give them a little bit of a boost. And I don't know. Maybe it did. Maybe maybe they could have been a twelve or a thirteen. I don't know. But I I thought eleven was a tad low. Um, I don't know anything about Oregon. Like you said, I I knew they were the INSQ show when she was there, the superb point guard who's now in the WNBA. Without them, who knows? Um, But, you know, USD is obviously a lot closer to full strength uh, than SDSU is. You know, an 11-6, I think, were the Jackson 11 when they beat uh, Miami a few years ago, or they might have even been like a 13 or something. I don't remember what they were but that's a winnable game for them without, again, looking at the matchup or knowing anything about how they match up personnel wise, but just, you know, with them being relatively full strength, um, I wouldn't put it past them, you know, and especially, I believe the Yotes are still looking for their first NCAA tournament win. I think they've gone one and done every time they've been there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, at some point I think they're good enough and they're certainly motivated enough to end that streak. And we all know that, With the exception of, you know, there's always usually a huge, huge, you know, line between the very top women's teams, whether it's UConn and South Carolina or whoever else in a given year, they're usually highly separated. But after that, you know, the the big upsets are a little more common on the women's side than they are in the men's. So, you know, those five twelve, four thirteen, and certainly six eleven, you can see those upsets. Uh, You know, again, if I someone was forcing me to put money on it, I would bet on the Ducks, but. I would not at all be shocked if USD won that game.
0: Well, and if they did the NCAA Women's Tournament like they would do it most years, where you go close to, well, you go to one of the top four seeds as home sites, they'd be, with the bracket as it is, the Yotes would be going to Athens, Georgia, and Georgia is the number three seed, and that's who they will likely face if they beat Oregon. But you're not playing Georgia, and, and I don't know how many people go to Georgia women's games, but you, it'd be a road game against their fans, and then uh, that'd be tough. And, and in this case, they're going to be somewhere in the San Antonio area. So same thing for the Jacks; they don't have to go into any lions dens to play these games. So I, I could think that could only benefit um, our beloved South Dakota teams in the NCAA tournament. Do you think? Do you, do you have any sense? And it'd be natural for Jacks fans to have this, and maybe it's now starting to settle in for Yotes fans because it's three years in a row they've made the tournament. Of course, we didn't have one last year, but they um, they made they would have made it. I, yeah, they would have. They won the uh, summit. They, they had the automatic, automatic birth. Yeah. Do, do you think uh, fa- do you think fans around here are getting a little, just, uh, just a tad taking it for granted or just a little bit uh, used to it now? Um, is, is, there, is there not as much excitement when these teams make the big dance, especially the Jacks?
1: It's hard to say. Um, you know, when SDSU first went division one, I, I remember having some conversations with, with coworkers, with other people in the sports scene. And, you know, we didn't know if SDSU would ever make it to the NCAA tournament or how long it would take before they got their first birth. Cause you remember those first few years, men's basketball is obviously what I'm talking about. Cause the women made it right away. Um, you know, they were so bad and it seemed so far away and as cool as it was that the women were making it and they were so good right away um the women's tournament isn't as big a deal as the men's tournament it's closing the gap certainly back then it was even a bigger gap between the interest of the two um and I just remember thinking like man when SDSU finally gets there someday it's going to happen you know whether it's in 2010 or 2015 or 2040 you know someday the the SDSU Jackrabbits are going to be in the big dance and that's going to be a big deal and the first time they made it it was a big deal you know and To my knowledge, they've never got blown out. I mean, I've covered a few of them and they've all been close games that maybe the one against Maryland was the only one they were a serious threat to win, but and they never get blown out. They're always in it. But it kind of was surprising to me how quickly SDSU fans sort of got over just being there, you know, and and got straight to we need to win a game. And that's good for them, you know, that that they have those expectations that they're not just just happy with being there, you know, because I think that's what separates the summit league, some of these teams, you know, from some of these other mid majors or low majors, frankly, who, you know, get in as these 15, 16 seeds and they know they're going to be by get beat by 50 and they don't really care. They're just happy to be there. So I think it's great that that's not the the mindset that they're taking, but it is still a little bit surprising to me because I've covered three uh, SDSU men's tournament games. They didn't win any of them, but man, at no point did I ever feel like, well, this is getting old because they're not winning. You know that's awesome every time you know the environment uh in the arena the atmosphere just the excitement knowing that you're at a game that millions of people are watching on national television uh, especially mike dom's last tournament you know they're going up against ohio state he had a great game that game was i think the featured game on cbs at least for part of the day that it was like an early late morning early afternoon yeah. tip off i mean that's just that's just the kind of thing that you know 20 years ago you never thought you would see one of these NCC schools in that scenario, you know, even when SDSU went division one, you never thought it would reach that sort of level of national attention or whatever. And I still think it's really fucking cool that we've had so many of those moments already. So I know this is a super long way of answering your question, but like to me, the idea of this getting stale or getting old or feeling like it, we're taking it for granted. Like I have a hard time even wrapping my head around it because I grew up here, obviously, in that Division Two era. I didn't, you know, especially as a youngster, you don't have that much interest in local sports. You're paying attention to the national stuff. But I always knew about the NCC, Auggies, SDSU, USD, UNO, all those the North Dakota schools, all that. And it was a really cool local thing, but it was like a, a different universe than Division One. So now just, a, you know, 20 short years later, uh, to see, you know, North Dakota State has won a tournament game Um, You know, just seeing what all these schools that used to be playing at Howard Wood Field in the Sioux Falls arena Mm. are now doing this thing on a national level. I don't see how you could ever take it for granted. I don't think see how you could ever get sick of it and say this isn't fun anymore because we're not taking the next step or whatever.
0: Yeah, and I was just asking. I don't know if people have or not. It, it probably seems like they have. It, it'd be a little natural. There
1: probably is a huge consensus. I'm sure there's people I, on both sides. Well,
0: I think there's, a probably, there, there's maybe a getting used to it. You know, I mean, you build your own expectations, and it's natural, and uh, then it becomes a disappointment that you don't make it. But I think if you do make it, then it should still be exciting to see your game on national or quasi-national TV and uh, see your name pop up on the selection show, men or women, and, and all that. And I, I still remember talking to, uh, you know, first time around when the Jacks men were stinkola and uh, and and the, the, the kind of the laughter, the the, uh, you know, the thumb in the air, those that thought they shouldn't have gone um, type of attitude of, uh, you know, you, you did this whole exhaustive. You, you kind of tore apart your old rivalries with the NCC and uh, and for a time for, with with USD before they decided to make the leap with them a few years later uh, just to what, just, just, just so one day you just might go to the NCAA basketball tournament. Ho, 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 ho. Mm-hmm. how pathetic, what, what a grind, what a sludge. And, you know, you lost a bunch of fans. A lot of people didn't go to games for a few years because you're not playing anybody you've heard of. And it was, you know, hard to recruit good players. And again, I'm talking mm-hmm. men's hoops. Um, and, uh, you know, guess what? I think, I think we've seen the movie now enough that, uh, yeah, the dreams yeah. were lived and it is pretty cool. And, um, I don't think it, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a discussion from long ago, really, if they should, or if it was you know, better or worse, they did or didn't do it. Uh, by the way, that can, uh, that can transition us into football uh, because here they are, the Jacks just kind of used to being a top 10 football team at the FCS level. And uh, it's I, hard to, it's hard for me to make of, of, a, of the three and one start because it hasn't been very pretty except for a pretty 45-10 to 10 win over, I'm just guessing, a bad Western Illinois team. Uh, you, you, you tweeted after the win against Youngstown on Saturday, file this under ugly but got it done or something like that. They're number six in the country. They're three and one. But um, wh- wh- how do they look? When you're watching them, how do they look?
1: Um, at times, really, really good. And I think that's why some of the fans are getting so frustrated. You know, Northern Iowa, they had to scramble, rally late to win. And that certainly is a good win because Northern Iowa was a good team and that was on the road. Um, but they had a chance to dominate that game. You know, they, they should have been ahead by two scores at halftime and could have pulled away. Uh, they made a bunch of mistakes to let a good team back into the game and it almost cost them uh, the game. They lost at North Dakota. They go right down the field, to score, take a seven, nothing lead, get the ball right back, go right down the field. Again, Jaden Yankee drops a sure touchdown. That would have made it 14, nothing, just a few minutes into the game would have been a totally different game. They probably would have won that game if he'd made that catch. Um, And then obviously last, just on Saturday, you know, they were never quite rolling, I would say, against Youngstown State because they just weren't real sharp this particular game. But it's another one where they were clearly the better team. Uh, It didn't look at any point like they were, even when they were kind of stumbling around and not playing great, it never felt like they were in danger of losing. Uh, But then all of a sudden these little mistakes are, are, you know, hamstringing you for lack of a better phrase. Then you commit a couple big mistakes and boom, now you're losing. Now all of a sudden there's three minutes left in the game and you're down and you're like, geez, this is actually going to happen. And Youngstown state, I don't think they're terrible. They're not as, you know, they're own four. Um, but they've been in most of their games. They have a pretty good defense. They just have nothing on offense. Um, you know, that, 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 I don't, I don't think it's maybe as, as bad of a win, so to speak, as some people have said, because for one thing, a, a win is a win is a win is a win is always true to some degree. And in this spring season, I think even more so, you don't, you know, ask too many questions. You take any win you can get. This is a weird year. Let's, I think we should all acknowledge that, you know, all bets are off to some degree in a season like this. Um, but again, this was a game that they just, you know, Mark Gronowski, the freshman quarterback for the most part looked great through the first three games. Certainly some freshman's mistakes, certainly some bad throws here and there, but overall, He really looked good. And he came out on Saturday and played easily his worst game. He just never looked comfortable. Uh, His accuracy was nowhere near as good as it had been. Um, To his credit, he didn't make a lot of dumb decisions that could have, you know, there were a lot of times nobody's open, he's under pressure, and a freshman sometimes makes huge mistakes in that situation. He didn't until the very end when he almost threw a pick six that, I guess it was as good as a pick six because it set up a touchdown. And that, again, it's like the whole game, He's sort of living dangerously, making these little mistakes, and boom, you make the big mistake, and it's like, wow, that's going to cost them the game. They're going to lose because of that play. Now, then they get the ball back with three minutes left, third and 11. He hits Zach Hines in a 40-yard pass, beautiful throw. They go down, get the game-winning field goal. They escape with the win. You're happy with that win. You're happy that your freshman quarterback has now twice uh, in the final minutes driven you down for a game-winning fourth-quarter drive. That's a good thing. Uh, the defense was pretty good once again. They gave, had one really long, difficult drive where they couldn't get off the field. But other than that, they were pretty dominant. So again, it just adds up to this team that you're looking at and saying, Gow, at times the offense makes it look so easy. And the defense for most of this season has been really, really good. That right there should give you the foundation of a really good football team. And then you throw in the fact that North Dakota State is clearly not the same Bison team we're used to seeing. And all these other teams in the Valley, and not just the Valley, around FCS, are beating each other up. James Madison is number one, but they don't look very good. And they just had a second consecutive game canceled today for COVID. They're not gonna play on Saturday. Who knows how that's gonna affect their playoff chances? All those sorts of things. I just you know, I've kind of been trying to preach to the Jax fans who show up in my Twitter timeline all the time, like, relax, this is a weird season, and they're hanging in there. But I get it, why, why there's frustration, because it feels like this is finally the year where you don't have – I mean, North Dakota State's still there, and they're still good, but they clearly look much more vulnerable than they have. And to see the Jacks blowing these opportunities to, to be better, I'm not saying that they're, like, choking or anything, but they're clearly not living up to their potential, that's got to be really frustrating.
0: Well, the good news is, is they've got a good barometer, at least as good of a barometer as you can have in this weird spring season. With number five, Southern Illinois has darted to number five because we all know they skewered North Dakota State by what three touchdowns a few weeks ago. More than that, I think and it was like 35 7. I thought it was 30, I think it was 38 17, but maybe it was, uh, it was, it was further than that before the end. But and then yeah, they just man. beat Northern Iowa last week. I mean, holy crap! Uh, so obviously. For what it's worth, they're really good. Yeah, they just eked out a 17-16 win over Northern Iowa. So there was another Northern Iowa game where there wasn't that much scoring, and this one is on the road at noon. So um, I, I don't know what you expect out of Southern Illinois, but I would expect a damn good game. And uh, if the Jacks can win that, no matter how pretty it looks, that may, that hopefully that makes Jackrabbit <laughs> fans feel a little bit better because when you look at the rankings, you look at common opponents, um, you, you look at what they did to North Dakota State, and even if it is kind of a weird year where things balance out because of COVID and North Dakota State losing a bunch of dudes who just decided to move on with their careers and lives, like Trey Lance, among them. Still, this would be a this would be a nice big road win, right?
1: Oh, it would be a huge win.
0: I mean, there are uh, two games in the
1: valley this week that could end up could really define the FCS season. You've got uh, NDSU and UND are playing this week their biggest matchup certainly probably the biggest game UND has played since they went division one. I mean, obviously they're, they're in the driver's seat right now in the Valley undefeated with wins over all these good teams. And even though North Dakota state, we just got done saying, isn't as good as they have been. uh, This is still a little bit of a, a prove it game for, for the fighting Hawks. That's a huge game. That's going to have huge implications. And then you've got this one, number six against number five. Uh, I'm not a big believer in Southern Illinois. I haven't been since I've been covering this league. Um, that they've had some really bad teams. They've had some other teams that were hyped up as maybe being pretty good that weren't that good. Uh, last year, clearly, they took a step. I thought they should have gotten into the playoffs. They didn't. But I didn't think they were ready to jump into the, you know, top five, top ten in FCS. And, again, it's this weird spring season. Maybe if we were in a more normal situation, they wouldn't. I don't know. Um, but for them to, to take it to NDSU like they did, and then you mentioned it, obviously, a quality win against Northern Iowa, um I don't think I'm still not convinced necessarily that they're ready to be taken seriously as a national championship contender, but you can't deny what they've done. And for SDSU, you know, they just struggled to beat Youngstown state who isn't a very good team. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't even think you can make them the favorites. I, I think Southern Illinois, and I'm sure the gamblers probably do have Southern Illinois as the favorite in this game. If the Jacks can find a way to, to escape with a win here, I mean, it almost kind of makes up for the loss at North Dakota because, you know, this is a game that maybe before the season you looked at and said, yeah, they should win that. The way the first few weeks have gone, this would be a huge win for their resume. They would then have – the Jacks would have two road wins against top five teams or at least teams that were in the top five at the time of the game uh, if they could win this. And that would go a long, long way towards them getting in the playoffs because they need every big win they can get. Small playoff field in the valley being as good as it is, there's going to be some really good teams that are going to get left home. They need this one.
0: I'm trying to hunt down FCS betting lines for this week, and maybe I'll find them. Maybe I won't, but yeah, I'm I'm guessing it's within a few points, um, one way or the other. And uh, meanwhile, USD, they're even harder to figure out because they've played one fewer game. They're one and two. Uh, and you know they have North Dakota State they'll really find out about themselves I guess uh, against North Dakota State next week but they they're at the same Youngstown State that almost beat SDSU so there's a little legitimacy there um USD just lost to Missouri State who I believe gave NDSU a good game I mean it seems very parody stricken in the uh in the old MVFC the Valley this spring um and I, I just to balance out a little bit, we do have Yotes fans that listen to this. They, they they eavesdrop on a lot of Jackrabbit talk because you're the Jackrabbit guy. And let's face it, SDSU has just a slightly better football team, and basketball programs are neck and neck. You know, but here's uh, Coyote Eric. Uh, he would do this for me, and I always appreciated this because uh, I didn't get a chance to see every USD football game throughout the season. But we talked about them every week on the old Daily Show, and uh, if if only with Bob Nielsen, but. Uh, here we go. Uh, with an unsolicited report from Coyote Eric, he uh, he messaged me this today. And, uh, have, by the way, have you seen any Coyote football yet this year?
1: Uh, I've watched a little bit of a couple of their games on TV, but not very much. Okay.
0: He says uh, they are soft as Charmin. Twice they had first and in goal inside the 10-yard line in their most recent game against Missouri State. And uh, only gained one yard, scored three points. Take away a 100-yard kickoff return, T.D., and a pick six with awful tackling from the offense, and it could have, should have, would have been a different game. But this is so maddening. Again, this is Coyote Eric writing to me. I don't know how to fix it. I don't want to go through another coaching change and feel like we are, again, starting all over. What I don't understand is how a Bob Nielsen team got so soft. His teams at Western were not that soft when Bob was at Western Illinois before USD. I am getting very sick. Somebody's trying to call me. Get out of there. I'm reading off my phone. Um, I am getting very sick of this offense. The O-line all look (laughs) fat and unathletic. And then you put them in a passive two-point stance, leaning backwards at the five-yard line, and wonder why the defensive line gets underneath them and into the backfield. It's been the same damn thing year after year after year, but we never, ever change. Watching a game in the Dome with only about 1,300 people was was just a stale environment. Fortunately, I don't get I didn't get to watch the game from the normal seats on the new side because I came into possession of a of a loge box on the 20-yard line. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Wow, the new facility is absolutely amazing. Too bad the product on the field wasn't worthy of it all. I knew we stole one to get a degree uh, to a degree at Illinois State and knew beating UND on a short week was going to be difficult. But we absolutely screwed the pooch this week. And now going to YSU looks all the more difficult. Hey, at least we have women's basketball and volleyball. And that is your Coyote Report from Coyote Eric.
1: Well, I mean, I think he's, he's definitely he, he would know more than me as far as watching that team, but he's certainly on to some things that I could agree with without having seen him play. The win against Illinois State was a huge win because that's a good team and they got it on the road. But he's absolutely right, whether you want to say they stole it or, or Illinois State gave it to him. I mean, a couple of catastrophic turnovers what was made the dip was what made the difference in that game. And uh, you know, USD's become a, a solid program since they went Division One. I don't think they've ever really been terrible other than a couple of those rebuilding years that they had under Joe. True. Um, but I still, I don't think they've, you know, they had they had one playoff season. They've been in the playoffs once. Uh, and last year they finally beat the Jacks. But I kind of feel a little bit like, you know, I, I you know—I said before the season, I thought the USD's men's basketball team wasn't giving, given enough credit. I think the football team's getting a little bit too much credit. Um, we act like they're, you know, Closing in on being in the discussion with the, the heavyweights, and I don't think they are yet. No. You know, that one playoff run, we all know why they went on that one playoff run. They had the greatest player they've ever had, who's now a backup quarterback in the NFL. I'm not saying it was totally on him, but guess what?
0: Oh, they, <laughs> they wouldn't have been there without him. I mean, no doubt, yeah.
1: He had a hell of a lot to do with that, you know? And, uh, you know, last year's, like I said, they beat the Jacks, do you want to say last year, 2019, whatever. Um, Good for them. They finally won that game, but the Jacks were also playing with, you know, without their starting quarterback and some yeah. other things. That was one of
0: their five losses. I mean, they weren't a great team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to, again, I don't watch him as much as, as Eric or any of these other people. I've always liked Bob Nielsen. I thought yeah. he was a great coach and division champion. He won two national championships with Duluth and built them the exact way you want to build a team in this part of the country. They were very North Dakota state like in how they did it up in Duluth. Um, I thought I was kind of surprised that Bob would leave that job to go to Western Illinois. Cause Western didn't seem like such a great destination, Right. but he made them pretty competitive and then took a better job. And when he, I, I thought that was a great hire for USD. I was mm. like, wow, they got Bob Nielsen. Good for them. You know, I, I yeah. didn't expect them to get a Bob Nielsen. And I'm certainly not going to sit here and say, Oh no, I don't think he's a good coach anymore. I mean, the Valley's fucking hard, man. You know, yep. North Dakota comes in and Oh great. Now there's another team that's that good. I mean, you've got, essentially and you know you mentioned Missouri State looks better Indiana State has been better they're obviously opting out I mean if the if the the couple bottom feeders you have close the gap all of a sudden you've got a league with 10 teams that are all playoff caliber well they're all going to beat each other up they're not all 10 going to get into the playoffs certainly this year but even in a normal year I mean this league is going to cannibalize itself to an even greater degree than the NCC did back in the day uh, which is all a long way of saying that it, this isn't necessarily on Bob Nielsen. I mean, USD fans can be mad about this, that, or the other. It's really hard to do what yeah. they're trying to do. There's so many good teams in this league. So um, I understand the frustration, but I I think the only thing I could say is it's hard. Yeah. And you're not entitled to it. And one thing I think USD fans, and they can get as mad at me as they want for saying this, but it's true. USD fans have a tendency to think we are entitled to anything that SDSU has. And certainly you've entitled to aim for those things. You should aim for those things, but you don't get it just because they got it. Like that seems to be this sort of thinking that, well, SDSU's had this many NCAA tournaments. So that's what we're going to get. Uh, SDSU's football team has been to the playoffs this many times and has this kind of stadium. Well, so that's what we're going to get again. Absolutely. You should shoot for that. But just because they were in the same league, you were in division two and now you're following them. Doesn't mean all the same things are going to follow it's going to be hard to get there. And if you're behind the eight ball, because they were already in it for a decade before you jumped in. Uh, I think for the most part, all of USD's programs have done a pretty good job, especially I know some people don't care, but you look at what the volleyball team has done is great. Some of their other sports, obviously track and field is great. That's all fine and good. Um, basketball has been really good women in particular but the men still haven't been to the big dance the football teams only made one playoff appearance those programs i think are causing a lot of frustration for the coyotes and it isn't necessarily because craig smith or todd lee or bob nielsen aren't good coaches or they're not getting it done or they're it's it's because it's really hard it's really hard
0: yeah and uh by the way it's you know tom hanks League of their own. It's the hard that makes it great, but I, I can understand their frustration. I mean, they. Absolutely. I mean, they. You know, it's it's big brother little brother syndrome, and I think it was five years that it was that they lagged behind after after SDSU went Division One, and they've caught up and they've caught up or surpassed in everything except the two sports that matter the most, and um, and until they do, then it's it's going to be a source of frustration. I, so I don't necessarily blame them for being pr- frustrated or pissed, but you're right. Be careful what you wish for about your coaches um, and, uh, and and what they can deliver. Because I think, yeah, I, I think Todd Lee and Bob Nielsen are damn good football coaches. Eric is right about the lines. They just haven't either found the right lineman or, or gotten it straight. It's They get beat in the trenches a lot. And uh, Strevler, I think, erased a lot of those deficiencies. And one year they made it to the playoffs and made some noise. And, uh, and, you know, you can do it for a game without solid offensive and defensive lines like they did against South Dakota State a, a year or two ago. But, it's, yeah, it's hard to string together a, a good run in that league when you don't have those things. And uh, by the way, Missouri State, while we're at it, I mean, their coach is Bobby Petrino. And sometimes these things don't work out. These are like retirement jobs for 58 or 60 year olds like Bobby Petrino on their way down, but they still want to coach. And uh, they're going to get a job. They're going to get a good job in the FCS or at that level because of who they are and their name. Doesn't always mean it's going to work. You know, like Les Miles goes to Kansas and they suck because they're fucking Kansas. And, you know, Les Miles can't go in and wave a magic wand. Apparently, he spent too much time sexually harassing women. But um, in Bobby Petrino's case, wow, Les Miles to Bobby Petrino we- <laughs> and women. Um, mm-hmm. he, uh, Bobby. Um, Look, I, I have no idea how that's going to work out. And, again, it's hard to see if these teams are going to be this competitive in a normal It's already f- off f- to a decent start. But, I mean, that was a good win for them. But you just think about Bobby Petrino and his pedigree, plus I think that's a sleeping giant. It, it, that that football program should be so much better than it is. It is in the warmest spot probably by far in that league. Uh, and uh, that's a big city. I, I have a friend who lives there. It's not, it's not quite Austin, Texas, but, you know, it's like – It's a decent sized city of like a couple hundred thousand people or so, if not more. It's somewhere between the size of like Omaha and Lincoln. I think it's about as, I think it's bigger than Sioux Falls. And so the warmth, the size of the city, um, you know, that should, that should, and and the proximity that's closer to places like, I don't know, the state of Texas, you know, they should have better football than they've been having there. And if they get good, yeah, that makes the room even more crowded. And as you mentioned with UND now joining the party. Do you do you agree with that on Missouri State? I'm just I'm just mentioning good weather and size of city. Maybe that's oversimplification, but yeah, I mean, feels nice like they're underachieving stadium. there.
1: Nice stadium too. It's it's a little bit old and Howardwood Wood Field ish, but I mean, it's it's a it's a nice environment to watch a game in. And right. I've covered three games there I think over the years, and there've been nobody there for any yeah. of them. Um, the the first time I covered them was I think Dave Steckel's either first or second year. Ooh, Dave Steckel was a pr- pretty big name when he took that coach. He'd been the D.C. at Missouri U, and obviously West Steckel's uh, yeah. brother. So he was thought to be a pretty good hire, and he did not accomplish anything there. That was a, a major failure. Um, the first c- couple games I covered there, I was like, Jesus, this is. there's so many IA teams that could beat these guys. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of uh, hard to fathom how it got that bad. Um, It's also always been kind of
0: a basketball school, I think. Men's and women's. They love their hoops down there.
1: It certainly is. And a lot of those Missouri Valley schools, it is. Yeah. Um, But I agree with you. I mean, the weather, uh, the city, and and like I said, the stadium isn't bad. That's probably why Bobby Petrino was a good hire. I mean, say what you want about him and, you know, ask my Uncle Mike Zimmer what he thinks about him. But, uh, (laughs) um, you know, I just, when you get a chance to do that, you know, you don't make a hire like that when you're North Dakota State, but when you're program that's flailing along and trying to get mm-hmm. attention any way you can yeah. it makes a lot of sense to do something like that and you know at worst he's going to make them a lot better than they were whether he actually gets them into contention is another thing but it'll be interesting to see if he can you know breathe some life into that to where at? Yeah, they do start putting people in the seats at those games and become because right now they're kind of the one team yeah. western illinois is in a down cycle but they were a playoff team just a couple of years ago uh, indiana state was a playoff team a couple of years ago i mean missouri state's the only one really that hasn't contended at all uh, in the last, you know, decade or so.
0: Wow. Yeah. And yeah, Bobby hasn't forgotten how to coach, how to put offenses together and how to recruit players. And he's, he's in an area of the country that's uh, you know, he's an sec territory. He's right above Arkansas, where he coached for a bunch of years. And uh, so he can, you know, he's got a lot of ties to the Sun Belt, and that's where a lot of the speed is. That's where a lot of the athleticism is. So fascinating, but the last one I have on all this and uh, we're about ready to go with this podcast is uh is is it still weird or is it awesome and it's getting lost in the shuffle in in you know the northern sun and the summit league tournaments and uh you know the jacks men and women being good again on your own beat at that particular school um how, how do you assess having fcs football existing in the middle of all this after four games it's halfway uh, it's, through the slate.
1: It certainly isn't really resonating with people the way it normally would. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think everyone thinks it's kind of cool. It's like a diversion or whatever. It's like, hey, there's a football game on TV right now. But, you know, did you were reading that email from uh, Coyote Eric. Yeah. 1,300 people were at the USD mm. game. Is that what he said? That's what he said. I mean, yeah, that's a small number. And wow. I, I don't know what their socially distanced – allowance was but i'm sure it was more than that yeah uh, you know and this is the quote-unquote i don't call it grand opening because obviously anything in a pandemic is the grand opening but it was the first chance to go in there and watch a football game with this new thing and obviously not too many people were interested and before any you know jacks fans start laughing about that well guess what same things happening up in brookings too i mean uh their attendance on saturday was 2600 um and it was a beautiful day Uh, You know, coming off a huge home win, playing a team, everyone should have expected them to win that game. They barely did. Um, And, you know, John Stigelmeyer has continued to beat the drum. He's not afraid to essentially challenge the fans. Like, please come to our games. Um, And people just aren't, you know. I don't know what the exact maximum number of fans they could get in there is. But, you know, the stadium holds 19,000. So 2,000, 2,600, that's a little bit over 10%. Um, I'm pretty sure their, the, their allowance is for 25% minimum, so they could get close to five grand in there if they wanted to. But apparently, five thousand people don't want to come. Uh, that in itself is telling. And I, you know, I don't think I've obviously you know gone back and forth with Jack's fans for the last couple of years about attendance and whose fault it is and what's a reasonable expectation. All those things. I'm not going to do that right now. It's a pandemic. I get it. I'm not blaming anyone for going, not wanting to go, and whatever their reasons are. I don't think it's fair to criticize any school or any team for what their attendance is right now. But just to answer your question, is is the excitement level the same for spring football, or are people really getting into it? No, I don't think they are. At least not to the same degree they would be in September.
0: I know I'm not, and uh, you know that's just it's beca- it, it, par- partly because it's just weird, and there are other things going on. Are you going to fill out an NCAA tournament bracket? Yeah, yeah sure. I always do. Why not? Uh are you as are you like me and as unarmed as you as you've ever been to to truly fill it out? I'm never armed to <laughs> fill it out <laughs> yeah, I mean, outside of the Summit yeah.
1: League. I don't pay any attention yeah. to Division 1 basketball.
0: I do a whole lot of chalk and then try to take somebody's advice on like the who which 5 versus 12 thing should win and yeah, it's uh I I try to go as high as seeds as possible cuz usually that gives you a chance.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've tried everything. I've tried, I've I've filled out brackets before where I just did chalk the entire way, yeah, and didn't come in. I've I've never won one of those, and I've been doing them since like when I was eight years old. My dad would let me fill one out for his work, mm. um, and because you know, as an eight-year-old, I was already a sports dork. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I, I would, you know, and he would always tell me, I'd be like, "Who won? Who won?" And he'd be like our secretary, who's never heard of basketball, mm-hmm. you know, always like that, right? Um, for a couple of years when. I worked at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, and I used to. I was the guy who sort of ran the bracket thing out there, and it was always won by someone who couldn't have named, you know, didn't know who Mike Krzyzewski was. You know, that's the per- that's the person who would win.
0: Yeah, some stoner, some stoner who doesn't watch sports usually. Usually the cook, right? That's a stereotype. All the cooks are stoners.
1: <laughs> no, that's are not they? stereotype. True. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, last one. Did you? Uh, I, I didn't see you tweet about the Grammys so I'm guessing you didn't watch I, I can never guess with you in music because may, because maybe there is something in there that you actually like that would surprise people um, to me and I'm just I watch them my husband and I enjoy them I don't I don't I don't gravitate toward a lot of the music especially the stuff that's up for the biggest stuff um, but some of it I appreciate or at least I try to learn and um, what are your feelings on the Grammys
1: um I have. i couldn't be less interested you hate them
0: because
1: i don't hate them i don't hate them i just have i would i've never watched them in my life and i never would um you know i i'm not really into any awards shows but that to me is the worst one of all of them because i mean say what you want about the oscars usually the movies that are nominated for those awards are pretty good you know they might not be the best ones but they're not you know they're pretty good Mm -hmm. i mean go just go back and look through history some of the albums that have won album of the year grammys i mean it's it's a embarrassing list in a lot of ways and obviously music is more subjective all all art is subjective but music more than any and and for someone like me especially who obviously you know has an enormous record collection of mostly people that the well, average person hasn't heard of, heard of it I, yeah, I, it's just it's, it exists on a different universe than the one that i live in yes so. my
0: that was my guess is that would have been your answer even the and, and you even like a little country right like do you like Mar- do you have any uh you, like maybe even her slow uh, twangy songs do you like a, like a miranda lambert any interest in that uh i you
1: know I like country music, but that's what, when people sit, like when someone asks me, do you like country music? I have no idea how to answer Yeah. because I'm like, are you talking about Johnny Cash? Or are you talking about Jason Aldean? You know, <laughs> Luke are, are or uh, God, what's his
0: name? Things. Luke Bryant. Oh my God. Right. What a yeah, human absolutely. vomit. Just what a human right. vomit stick. Right.
1: So I just, I, yeah, I, you can guess which one I'm. A fan of and which one I'm not. I just yeah. got a
0: nasty look from my husband who listens to country, the country music show every day on the morning radio. So, yes, I, I dared said it. Luke Bryant is a human vomit stick. Uh, all right. Well, that about do it. Maybe a little Vikings, if anything exciting happens there. The Twins are creeping closer to the opening of the season. And for what it's worth, we do have a football season and a big Jack game. So uh, we'll talk again next week. Probably maybe next Tuesday because we'll see how the Yotes do on Monday night. When did the Jacks play in the NCAA tournament? Uh, Sunday. Sunday. All right. Well, maybe we'll talk Tuesday. How's that? Sounds good to me. All right. Bye.
1: See ya.